everybody, I'm Mrs. Kaji Pacheco, and welcome to D-Block Talk, the only podcast featuring your New Bedford High School performing arts teachers. I'm here with Mr. Mason, Mr. Pacheco, Mr. Landel, Ms. Donnelly, and Mrs. Dandino. This is episode three. If you're new to the podcast, be sure to check out our previous episodes available on podbean.com and Apple Podcasts, because we are legit now. Uh, let's see how everybody is doing. Hi, guys. Hey, what's up? Hey. Um, so this is Mr. Mason. I'm the jazz band director. Uh, everything's going pretty well over here. Going a little stir crazy. Um, but, you know, we're just trying to stay active and, and keep up with everything. Langel here. I'm making lots of bread. Someone please help me. <laughs> I can't stop. <laughs> I made a multi-grain, 10-grain bread yesterday. It's delicious. I made croissants this weekend. I made a apple bundt cake oh, for Mother's Day. And actually, it's all coming out pretty good. I am eating a lot of carbs, but I'm doing okay other than that. Hey, Landel, it's good to hear you and hear Mason. And it's Mrs. Dandino here. We are having a little bit of fun over here, especially with Mother's Day. I had my mom come over. We ended up doing a Zoom meeting with my brother and all the girls, and we played bingo. And my mom was loving every single flipping minute of it. She won like six out of seven games. It was insane. That is so awesome. That's adorable. Um, I'm doing well. This past Sunday was my first official Mother's Day as a new mommy. Um, so that was really cool. And um, Vince and Mr. Pachico had lots of surprises and um, like, you know, little ways to make it feel special throughout the day. So I'm still on that high. It was really cool. Hi, Mrs. Donnelly here. Um, I'm just enjoying the warm weather, uh, and I also celebrated Mother's Day with my mom and mother-in-law by dropping off uh, homemade macarons to their doors. Hey, Pachico here. I'm so glad to be back on. Um, guys, I have a little bit of news. Um, this podcast is like kind of legit, I guess. Um, you know, some of our alumni are really digging it, but it's not just our recent alumni, some of our older alumni. And actually, um, our visual director, Al LeBlanc, listened to this podcast. Stop and it. Yes, he did. And his favorite sandwich is peanut butter and jelly. Oh, my God. That's Ooh, awesome. Classic. I just wanted to share that. We're big time now. Al LeBlanc is listening to this. That's amazing. We had a lot of people respond with their favorite sandwiches. Uh, quick shout out to Ms. Donna Gay, our manager of Educator Quality at the at New Bedford High School. Um, she was inspired to make a tuna melt and eat it with some soup after listening to our podcast. Huh. So that was pretty cool. Okay, so we do have a little bit of department news to get into before we jump into our witty banter. Um, the Drama Club musical <laughs> has been officially canceled as far as Aww. doing an in-person main stage performance. Yeah, we're really disappointed, Aww. but... Oh, thank you. Um, we're really disappointed. However, um, our the publisher, Music Theater International, is allowing school groups to record and publish uh, tribute videos. Um, there's some pretty strict guidelines about what we can and can't do, um, but some of the cast has decided that they want to record their solos. We're going to try to do um, a large group number. So some of the performances of what would have been our inaugural performance on our newly renovated main stage for, you know, at the high school with our musical um, that will be available um, as soon as we can get that off the ground. And additionally, we're also trying to set up 
a virtual performance of a play that is written for quarantine um, and written to be performed by performers that are in isolation. Um, and then we're going to record it. So that'll be pretty cool. So once that happens, um, we'll be talking about that on the podcast. So that'll be coming That's up before the end theater-y. of the quarter. I like that. It is That's very great. theatery. Yeah. Let's find out from all of our teachers, what is your favorite piece of work from your content area and why? Okay, so obviously I'm the jazz guy. And at first I was like, this is crazy. How can I pick from like 130 years of music? And then I realized that like Mr. Langell and Mr. Pacheco, Ms. Daniel, everyone else has like hundreds and hundreds of years of music to choose from. So um, I kind of got over uh, that. We and, only have about 150 Yeah, years. I was going to say, how many, how many years of band do you think? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. We have like John Pope Duzo. Like we don't really have much more than that. Um, in theater, we have thousands of years of material. Yeah, yeah. So you going back to the Greeks, Cage? Like I don't. I was gonna say right. we've got thousands of years of material, but people sing first. Song has been around forever. Well, that's true. So I, maybe your favorite tune is a caveman a medley. Um, <laughs> so bone say. <laughs> so I decided to go really controversial. I chose a song by a, a well, a, a relatively well-known composer, Mr. Duke Ellington, <gasps> um, and his friend Billy Strayhorn. It's "Take the A Train." Um, it's a really, nice. it's a classic piece. Everybody knows the melody. Uh, it's it's got that 32 bar song form AABA. It's got great changes to improvise over a driving tempo. You can really dance to it. Um, it just really exemplifies swing. So it's like one of my favorite tunes. It stands the test of time. Your recent performance of that a couple of years ago um, was outstanding. I remember really enjoying that at the concert when you guys played it. Yeah, little known fact, it's one that I cycle back every few years because it is my favorite. So I do like every five or six years, I'll bring it back out. It's a nice vocal chart that we have in our library. So. Well, it's time to put some class into you nerds because my favorite piece of music, it's actually super hard because I do, I, I always say whatever I'm working on currently is my favorite piece because I think as musicians or, you know, artists, it kind of is the case, you know, everything you can fall in love with any you know high quality music and it's, you just, you get so engrossed with it. But, um, my all-time favorite sad playlist song is Mahler's Fifth Symphony, um, Adagio Movement, which is, I think it's the fourth movement. There's a bunch of movements because the Mahler symphonies are so long. But that that piece, it just, it opens up with just a slow harp, slow, slow, slow string section. And it the way Mahler, it's actually very jazzy, almost in the way that Mahler does his chords. You know, it just, everything is just so lush. And it always makes, whenever I'm really, really sad, um, it, um, it makes me sadder. I really enjoy music. It's fun. As the chorus teacher and having taught for like 28 years and being in chorus like forever, I, I've always loved acapella pieces. I love featuring what voices can do just on their own. And so some of my favorite pieces were, uh, well, last year we did South African Trilogy. And that's just an impressive piece. And it's, it's not a difficult piece. So you feel like you accomplish a lot quickly. And it sounds great, but, um, and this year, although we didn't get to perform it, um, Afro-Celtic diddle, because I love the idea of combining the Irish melodies with African rhythms, and you have the duple triple meter, you know, against each other. It, it's fantastic. It's just such a great and interesting piece. I'm really disappointed that we're not going to get to hear that one. Oh, we That's will. Really cool. <laughs> Eventually. Oh, good. I'm not, I'm, oh, clever. I'm not putting that one away. That, that will probably be done this next year. Spoiler alert. Nice. I love it. 
Yeah, the orchestra is also going to be playing a whole Mahler symphony. So strap in your oh. boots into your boots. <laughs> Seventy-two, oh, three hours. Here we go. Get comfy. I had a hard time narrowing it down as well because uh, there's just like there's so many different. Like there are jazzy theater pieces, there are acapella theater pieces, there are orchestral theater pieces, right? Um, theater's all encompassing in that way. But if I really think about my favorite piece of theater, and it's been my favorite for a very, very long time, um, it's Fiddler on the Roof. I just I can't get enough of it. It's on I Amazon Prime right now. I've watched it like five times. Um, Vince also seems to be a fan. We have a video of him um, practicing his walking around um but to the rhythm of lahayim um in the background and it's like so funny but i just i love fiddler i think the music does such a great job of capturing the emotion of the of the piece i've never met anybody who didn't like fiddler um i just think it's gorgeous and specifically for me the opening number i love the symbolism i love the lyrics i love the choral parts i love when the orchestra comes in um so good it's so good <laughs> i just i don't know i could like i gush about fiddler like it's my child and it's no i i totally agree with that i mean i recently saw it at ppac thankfully before everything kind of shut down it was very i think it was like february or something like that and yeah it's it like it's so moving and it's so relatable and it's been that way for since its inception right right and it's a story about 1905 russia and it's still relevant in 2020, and I think it's just it's so, it's just beautiful. It's so good. It's an interesting mix of like the sacred, like uh, I mean, even though it's uh, Tevia being silly, but there's a really deep, you know, sacred tradition that's like kind of being reflected. I think even people who are not in that tradition can really feel the sense of like struggle and awe of that. Of that, you know, it's funny because there was just the Day of Remembrance, the Holocaust Day of Remembrance, this mm-hmm. past weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes. um, they did a virtual service and it was, it's absolutely beautiful to, you know, to hear some of the, those works, you know, from, from the, the Jewish tradition and that the way it's weaved into that. And sometimes in a whimsical way and, and other times in like a really, really like sunrise sunset, you know, right. it's um, it always gives you the goosebumps. Right. Like the Sabbath prayer. Oh yeah. I'm not, I'm not Jewish at all. And I just think that that is such a beautiful moment musically and theatrically and spiritually it's it's just gorgeous i think it also helped a lot of people be introduced to that tradition um in uh in a welcoming you know not a welcoming way but in a a natural way a lot of people didn't know when fiddler first came out you know a lot about the the jewish faith right right that show has a special place in my uh in my mind because that was actually my debut miss kedem i don't know if you remember but um you know, that was the first time I got to conduct a uh, pit orchestra. And, you know, I had to pretend like I knew what I was doing. Um, and that was quite a doozy, but that was uh, pretty awesome. And it actually featured my dad, uh, you know, Mr. Pacheco Sr., Super Chick, uh, playing accordion, which was also such a cool memory from that show. Right, I loved when, when you did the performance, Sarah, and your addition at the end of blocking the entryway to the uh, the airport. Oh, yeah, when we did Mm, the Department mm -hmm. of Homeland Security moment, yeah. Yeah. Excuse me. Yeah, I mean, it was just, it was very powerful and helped to really show, emphasize the relevance of the show still today. You know, if people don't see it naturally, I mean, you just absolutely hit it home with that. 
and it was so well done. All of the student performers just they nailed that part, so it was just wonderfully presented. Yeah, I get I get goosebumps thinking about having directed that show, and it was I was contemplating whether or not I wanted to save it because like I am pretty early in my career, I'm pretty young, um, but I just that those kids were perfect for that show, and. Yes. That that was those were the students that needed to perform it, and it was it was outstanding. Oh, spoiler! We're gonna hear from one of them later. We are I know? Um, so like it was said earlier, there's thousands of years of theater to choose from, and so it was very hard for me to pick something. And um, I kind of agree with Mr. Langell said about being in love with the thing that you're working on at the moment. Um, that happens to me a lot. So like my answer would change depending on the day that the question is asked. But today I decided to pick two pieces that kind of changed my view of theater at the time. Um, and it was back in college. I saw The Lion King on Broadway. And The Lion King is my favorite childhood movie. And it's still one of my favorites. And I was really quite amazed at how they took something I already loved and made it even more beautiful. Um and they make you fall in love with puppets, um, which is something you don't really think you can do, especially when you're like 18. <laughs> <laughs> the way they use the puppets in that show is just masterful because it's it, unreal. It's like you're looking at a puppet, but you're also looking at a person at the same time. Yeah. And they didn't, they weren't blending them. You were supposed to see the actor and you were supposed to see the puppet. And like it's still, it works and it's so beautiful. Yeah. Um, so the other piece that I that really also changed my view was War Horse, which is not a musical. It's a play mm-hmm. um, with puppet horses, and the actors are blended into the puppet. Um, and so it was like a, a similar experience, but you also fell in love with a puppet horse, and you find yourself sobbing about it at the end. Um, and again, like when you're 18 years old, like that does not seem like the sort of thing that would make you so emotional, but it does. So it's like... It showed me like how much can be done in theater, like pretty much anything. There really isn't a story that you can't tell in theater. And that is kind of what I took from those moments. Yeah, so this was uh, really challenging for me because as the band guy, um, you know, there's so much out there and our medium uh, includes so much. You know, somebody that know me, like chamber ensembles are a passion of mine. I love, you know, the different um, variety of instruments you can uh, you can put together and, and, and you can't like pick just one chamber ensemble piece because it really depends on whether or not you're talking about a brass quintet, sax um, quartet, et cetera. Um, you know, but so I'll leave those aside. But I guess, you know, for me, the, the big two are, you know, concert band and marching band. Right. That's the things I do the most of. And for concert band, um, you know, I have some honorable mentions. Um, you know, I was, uh, you know, we've done Planets, the Gustav, Hol- uh, Gustav Holst. And, uh, you know, that's something that we bring out every once in a while. And I, I love how much of an appeal there is every time I p- take that out uh, for the kids to listen to, uh, you know, you know, the kids really get into it. And it's, a, it's an awesome piece of work. We did it once for a field show uh, several years ago. Uh, Ghost Train, Eric Whitaker, uh, Grace and Dance, David Hall Singer. Uh, but I think my top concert band piece, I've done it a few times and I know I know everyone loves it is uh, On a Hymn Song of Philip Bliss by David Halsinger. Um, it's a beautiful tune. And uh, you know, I just love the hymn that it's, you know, that, that face-off story behind it. 
you know, it's, it's, uh, it's amazing. Um, and then in terms of marching bands, uh, you know, it's so challenging because you know, high school marching band, college, uh, drum corps, et cetera. Um, you know, I was really thinking about some of my favorite shows. I think, you know, 2008 Spartacus uh, from Phantom Regiment was really the first to like, uh, in my mind, show how you could tell a story, not just through the music, but through the visual. Uh, I know other drum corps have been successful before that, but in my mind, that stuck out. Uh, 2011, Angels and Demons from Cadets uh, oh, so used two different colored uniforms. Uh, and I've, I've written drill before, and I can't imagine basically having two marching bands and having to like weave the you know members with red and white, um, or I think it was cream actually, colored uniforms around uh, the field. Um, and then most recently, 2016, Blue Coats, Downside Up. Um, you know, I got to see that show so many times live because I was actually on tour as a staff member for, you know, 7th Regiment. And um, it was such a cool show. But when you think about those shows and you think about where Marching Man is right now and Drum Corps, everything is really inspired by Blast. I don't know if you guys have ever watched it, um, have shown it in your music classes before. Um, but, you you know, if you've never watched Blast before or if you go back to it, you can see so much of the inspiration for where band, uh, marching band, drum corps is evolving into um, on that video. And, and they went on tour. I've known some people that have, have uh, performed with Blast. And, um, you know, it's just such a cool idea, unique idea. It's marching band theater, um, which is which is really cool. So I think that's yeah. my, my favorite, I probably would say. A student teacher that I worked with in Randolph uh, prior to coming to New Bedford, she was in the Disney version of blast oh, and neat. when we went down to disney it was funny because here it is you know I'm, I'm watching a performance and suddenly she's walking up the aisle and i get to see her perform it was just fantastic that's really cool i showed blast drama club had like a a long rehearsal i want to say it was last year um we had some downtime and the students were all in my classroom um eating so that we weren't eating in the cafe in the uh, um auditorium and I was just putting on random YouTube videos and none of them had seen Blast. Um, so I put it on and it was really cool because there's a, a lot of overlap between the marching band students and the drama club students. So everyone was just like, hold on, marching band theater. This is so I know, cool. Right? Yeah, everybody was really, really into cool. it. My parents went and saw it in the 90s and they brought back a VHS. And Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> it was, I, we watched it on, on loop. I still have the VHS somewhere. Like, Me too. Why would I have my 2020, YouTube. why do I have a tape? But I have never seen Blast. <gasps> You've never seen Blast. Are you never seen. Oh, never seen Blast. I have a VHS. <laughs> I can. Can I tell you. you something right now, Mr. Langel? I've heard you guys talk about it quite a bit. Um, Listen, I've, I, I've, I've seen I'm the Marriage of Figaro. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, Mr. Langel. Every single time I play this in a music fundamentals class, like any of those kind of open enrollment classes that we have kids will like it it's unbelievable how much it grabs the attention of anyone anyone that likes uh, music doesn't like music so i you now have a built-in sub lesson if you ever have to be out <laughs> right now oh my gosh yeah it's fantastic it is. blast a sub lesson for music teachers boom <laughs> there's a beautiful i mean we talked <laughs> we talked a little bit about like classical recording so it's not just marching band music there's a beautiful recording of ravel's bolero yeah, from last cool. that is yeah. just oh, wow. yeah. outstanding oh, wow. song which just makes me sad yeah. i was gonna watch one of the other pieces but i forget about bolero I, I just that whole 
everything about it was so great. They did a, a beautiful tribute to the um, Appalachian Spring. Oh, I want to go it's back so and watch it now. The whole set, like, is amazing. And and in the intermission, they have the snare line come out and play on stools. Like, it's just, yeah. it was so cool, so well done. When I would show that video, because, of course, I was teaching when this came out. Um, I know you all were, like, infants or something. But <laughs> uh, the kids loved watching the Officer Krupke portion as well. Yeah, it's, yeah. It was just way too funny. It, it just really enjoyed it. You guys know that. Bolero, like when when Ravel was writing that, he actually had a, a disease that was making him go crazy. Um, so that tune that you hear that plays the whole time, it, it in his uh, whatever he had, basically he kept thinking of the same thing over and over again, and he was unable to have like a mental uh, record of other things. So as you hear Bolero and that same thing repeated, getting bigger and bigger, that's also, that's an echo of his, really of his insanity, building and building and building. And he didn't really do that on purpose. And then after he writes that, he dies. Oh, wow. I love the historical facts presented to you by Mr. Langel. Oh, that's really cool. I didn't know that. So, so now you have to go research Ravel. You have to go, you have to watch Blast. (laughs) Everyone's got homework. I love that Mr. Langel's never watched this, but he still could tell you the historical impact. (laughs) Uh, by those pieces performed. I mean, because we hear Bolero and we're wa- we like we're running around the house. It's all turned up, and we're like, yeah, dun, 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 dun. And then you're like, wait a second. Like, there's actually, if you live, at the end when it's all just big and powerful, that's that's just like someone trying to scream, but they can't. I mean, that's it's like save me. Mm, that's all yeah. I can. I'm the same thing played over and over and over again. That's my it's, it's my go to dynamics lesson too. Yes, that's, and I ran into your classroom and said. Give that yeah, yeah, speech. Right. <laughs> I miss teaching. Oh, Mr. Lynch, that's so cute. I'm going to keep that in there. I don't I, um, I don't miss wearing a tie, but I do. <laughs> yeah, just don't wear a tie ever again. At this point, we can all show up in gym shorts and be fine. <laughs> I don't um, want to see. <laughs> hey. All right, guys. I think it's time to change it up. What do you guys think? Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. All right. So for our next segment, we actually have a recording from one of our alumni, uh, John Furtado from the class of 2017. Mr. Mason, cue it up. Hey, D-Block Talk. John Furtado here. Big fan. So is there any certain kind of music or a certain song you guys have been jamming out to this week or throughout the quarantine in general? Mr. Mason, what do you think? Uh, well, I mean, I've uh, sadly, my quarantine anxiety has manifested in being unable to listen to a complete piece of jazz music. It's just too much involved mentally. Um, I've been getting back into my alt and pop roots and uh, pop punk and alt rock and stuff from the old days. And one band I've been really listening to, they just came out with an EP called At The Table. It's called Desert Weather. That's the band name. Um, they're from LA. My cousin is the lead singer, so it's kind of a personal connection. But they have this like post-stroke grunge kind of vibe. It's really cool. It's Ooh. on Spotify. Check it out. So Desert Weather, At The Table. Shout out Eric Smedberg. Wow, Mr. Raisin, you are pretty cool. Um, what I'm listening to right now is uh, actually in the mornings, I listen to a lot of piano concertos because they're my absolute favorite to listen to, mostly because uh, I could go on a long rant about this, but it's because a lot of our favorite composers, Brahms, Beethoven, uh, Mozart, they're all pianists. So we think about their symphonies as they're like, ooh, that's what they, who they really are. But it's really their, their piano concertos. That's really where all the anxiety is gone. It's beautiful. Anyway, so I start my day off with that while I'm doing some yoga. Um, and then, like I said, right now I'm listening to the Brahms symphonies, but I have been working really hard on listening to um, normal people music and I've been making <laughs> playlists. Uh, so right now, one of my playlists, I've really identified very closely with um, Savage by, is it Stallion? What? Paul, it's Savage. I'm a Savage. 
I can't say the rest of the words. Check it out. Um, And then another jammer that I've been listening to is um, Superman by uh, Goldfinger. Oh my god, that's an old school Tony Hawk Nintendo 64. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's Tony Hawk Pro Skater. Um, (laughs) They actually did a, uh, the band got back together and played that song again. There's like a video on like YouTube somewhere. Recently they did that. And it's, it just, it made me have to listen to it at least 10 more times. Well, for me, uh, listening to music, if I'm in the car, it's either K-Love or Big 101.3. K-Love, I can't. <laughs> Pretty upset about K-Love. For those who don't know, WBRU used to be 95.5, and then K-Love bought them out and replaced alt-rock with, no offense, Christian rock music. I just, Christian I have rock. such a hard time. I miss BRU so much. Yeah, it was a great, that was a great station. I miss BRU. I used to listen to BRU with Jim all the time. And now, then they wanted to sell, and Caleb ended up looking for another station, and they bought it out. Save yourself, Miss Bree. They wanted to sell? I didn't realize they wanted BRU to sell. They had, they had money troubles because that's uh, yeah. Brown's, or it was Brown's radio station. Yeah, a lot of people didn't realize that BRU, like, w- Brown Student Radio still exists, and it's like the smaller. Um, version, but BRU was run by Brown University in Providence, and those like everybody on air was a Brown student. Um, Adam Vieira was a New Bedford High School alum, um, and he was one of the last DJs to broadcast. He was part of the final airing, um, which cool. I thought was really cool. Wow. I mean, but that's what I listen to in the car. If I'm in the house, Andrew, thank God, he loves listening to the music that Jim and I liked listening to growing up, and so we've been listening to a lot of Billy Joel's greatest hits on his record player. Nice. Cool. And, That's cool. And then, of course, Animal Crossing soundtrack. It's always on. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Oh, man. Um, yeah. So when the weather warms up, I I, I just, I got to go to Dave Matthews Band. And it's basic. It's classic catch. And it's, yeah, it's classic catch, right? Like, just deep cuts, no hits. It's a little office <laughs> reference there for those of you that are fans. Um, I don't know. I got to go with Dave. I Every summer, I would go see Dave Matthews uh, multiple times a summer. I am at 33 Dave Matthews shows under my belt. For the most part, I listen to whatever my favorite musicals are at the time, which right now would be Hamilton and Come From Away. Oh, controversial Ooh. theater teacher listens to show tunes. I didn't always do that, though. That's actually, like, pretty much just this past year that that's happened, that I'm not really listening to, like, regular music. I don't know why that is, but it is that way. One of the things I like about the Hamilton soundtrack is that it it stands up as regular music. Like, if you take out any one of those tracks and you put it on, like, a local radio station, it fits. Yeah. All right, guys. I have a little confession. I am listening to nothing. (laughs) (laughs) that's not true so i think the only thing that i'm really listening to um you know so it was important to me to do something with vince uh sharing my passion and i found a music class uh actually for him um that is geared for infants through three-year-olds and um you know i started going to the class before you know all this went down um and since they've now moved it to you know, like online Zoom session, just like everything else. Um, and so once a week, you know, I get really silly. And every 10-week session, we're in our second now, um, there's like a new set of like 20 songs that he listens to. And I've got to say, they do a really nice job of 
um, curating the collection of, of, of pieces. Uh, some of them are, you know, songs that the kids should, should know. Um, you know, some of the songs are, you know, original pieces. Uh, they have a mix of um, uh, two, four, uh, six, eight, you know, major, minor. They even have some asymmetric meter in there and stuff. Uh, but that is pretty much all I'm doing is I'm listening to that, like whenever he fusses or ever he wants to, you know, play around. I'm, you know, quickly going to my phone, finding the app and playing one of the songs for his music class. So if you can picture this, I am Saturday mornings. One of my routines is uh, we put on the Zoom call. I get my little set of baby instruments and <laughs> I by myself am dancing and singing around our front room. Uh, it is hysterical. Miss Kadri Pacheco has me on video. Oh, yes. That she can use to blackmail me in the future, uh, potentially. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that's, you know, that's that's all I'm listening to. Want to play along? Send us your answer to what are you listening to right now and tag us on social media. Thank you for listening to D-Block Talk. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe or follow our show. We are available on Podbean and Apple Podcasts. Check us out on Facebook and Instagram for more updates. And tune in next week for another great episode. Thanks. Bye, everybody. That's it. See you later, guys. Here's the music. Bye. Bye.